For centuries, the children of the old gods fought. After many encounters with this evil, a group of mortal men assumed a task to confront this power. Albert and company had finally come face to face with the Source, a goddess of the Nova Realm. Chapter 16 The Unbreakable Foe Such a limited time, hero fits for armor and horse. Not at all an easy task, with what is demanded, of course. Armor slightly too large. A helmet, that will barely fit. Our dear hero saddles up. There's no option to quit. <laughs> She's not going to let me ride. This man knows I'm not her master. Hero, you haven't really been very patient with her. I know you aren't thrilled to be riding, but I think she can sense your disdain. Griff was right. These creatures can sense when one is not willing to ride with respect. In order for this to work, Hero will have to set aside his feelings. Here, hop off the saddle and try to connect with her first. Give her some of these carrots. Let her know you mean well. Uh, fine. With a rough start, Griff finally helps Hero calm himself around the mare. She has seen many tournaments. It is not that she is unwilling to ride. More so. She can tell that Hero is not. Now that Hero and the mare are on better terms, they begin a long and grueling morning. Firstly, Hero must get into the rhythm with his horse, so that they may ride well. There's no chance of winning if the two cannot work together. Towards the end of the early morning, the two have finally warmed up to each other. Hero grips the reins with respect now, and the mare follows suit. She understands that Hero is in control. And, by way of lead, he is aware of her as well. Excellent, excellent! They look strong! Indeed they do! I had no idea Hero could ride so well. Alright, we've managed to sort out our difference. I think. Thank you, Griff, for making awareness of the issue. Don't thank me yet, Hero. We have a lot of work to do today. Now that Hero and the mare were in unison, it was time to suit up with armor and lance. The night before, Krog had introduced Hero and Griff to the team, making the necessary preparations in regards to gear as well as speaking to the injured rider, Thomas. The team hailed from the Amber Shore, in the small village of Ekrin, on the western coast of the realm. Hero could see in Thomas's eyes that he wanted to ride, but the injury was bad. 
The team from Embershore gladly accepted the help. And we're very thankful to Croc for fighting. After a light lunch, Hero and company were setting out the armor and helmet needed to ride, as well as the lance that laid four meters long upon the ground. By the gods! I don't know how anyone can ride a horse and hold a spear! It is but a treat to watch such a feat. I have seen it time and time again. Oh, I'm sure you have many stories to tell, Krog. But we have time for none at the moment. Griff, please help me get the breastplate on. I finished my meal, and I'm ready to get back to work. Of course! Upon the end of lunch, Hero now stands an armor-clad rider. The gear is a little too big, as Thomas was about a half-size bigger than Hero. Ugh, this helmet is loose. It will surely move around while I ride. Do not fret, my dear friend. I will see if I can find another before you ride tomorrow. Without a helmet for now, Hero returns to riding. This portion of the day was spent with lance in hand. Hero rode hard and swift to spear through the targets Griff had set up. Prompt wooden buckets marked with charcoal. Hero! This is incredible! Your aim is only getting better with each pass! We're running out of buckets! <laughs> I appreciate the cheer, Griff. Though I do hope Cog can find a helmet. Well, this may be very difficult. Stay positive, my friend. You are looking great out there. I have high hopes with you. Yeah. Difficult indeed. While training in the fields, Hero had gathered a small crowd of onlookers, watching as this rider smashed bucket after bucket with stunning ease. Like Griff, they were simply amazed. But Hero is able to see fully. A poor-fitting helmet could change that completely. At last, night fell upon the training grounds. With the darkness, Hero had to stop. He would need to be well rested for tomorrow. As the sun rose, so did the sounds of competition. Arriving from across the realm, Many strong riders would be in this year's joust. Sir Sega from the Tintern Valley. Lady Fordosa from the Whitfell Timberlands. Sir Hendry, a local of Malvern. And now, representing the Ambershore, Hero. But there was one among them, a crowd favorite, you could say. Percival. The Unbreakable. It was not an easy task to unmount this particular rider. Not easy at all. Welcome, one and all, to this year's jousting event. Without further delay, it is my honour to introduce the judges of this year's competition. The judges of this year's joust hail from Fore Alnadum, a northern region of the Nova Realm. 
where the cold is fierce and relentless. But as time progressed, the people grew strong and resilient in the climate. First, we have Tatiana, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Sting of the North. Tatiana is a skilled spearwoman of the Shimga. Many recognize her by what she keeps in her possession, brandishing a spear with a blade the color of glacial blue. No one has ever seen a weapon such as this. It has been handed down for generations in her family, and it is now wielded by her. Thank you, thank you, Malvern. Steady yourselves. Who among you are ready to see these riders face off? And now I introduce Ben-Hameen, the Duke of Jameth. Also known as the Captain of the Ship, an elite unit that protects the borders of Foralnad. Ben-Hameen was a part of the rebellion that freed the Northern Lands from a tyrant's reign. In doing so, he and Tatiana created a sanctuary, welcoming all beings of the Nova Realm. Lovingly, they refer to their residents of Foralnadom as a fan family. Thank you, my fellow citizens of the realm. What's good, fan fam? Tatiana and I are both honored that you would have us judge this year's competition. The day is blessed with good weather. Indeed, Benami, but also May it be blessed with great combat! The two were chosen to host this year's Joust competition due to their fair nature towards all beings in the realm, as well as being renowned in their ability as skilled warriors. The rules are best out of three, three rounds each. Let us joust! How exciting, Sir Cigar and Lady Fredosa ride first! With the joy of competition in the air, the joust begins. Sir Sega and Lady Fredosa meet upon the field to ride. After their rounds, Lady Fredosa is declared the winner of that exchange. As the day goes on, lances are splintered and bodies unmounted from steep. But the competition continues. Hero had lost his first round with Hendry. It made the Ambershaw team very nervous. Krog was unable to find a better fitting helmet, and as a result, the eye plate was obscuring Hero's view. After experiencing defeat, Hero breaks the metal plate protecting his eyes. He was set on winning. The determination was now apparent. Hero would not be removed from Mare anymore, and from then on, continued through each exchange with ease, now that he could see a little clearer. Nightfall was setting upon the Raven Valley fields. Hero had made it to the end of the competition. The final match will be Percival. The Unbreakable! 
against the rider for the Abashore, Hero of the Crescent Moon. Percival, the unbreakable. The roar from the crowd had angered the immense rider. He sat upon a dark-colored steed, with hot breath releasing from its snout. This is it, Hero. You can do this! I can. I must. Hero, be careful with this rider. Percival has been winning by sheer dominance. The last rider quit before their exchange. But I also believe he rides by unfair means. What do you mean, Krog? Percival the Unbreakable will do anything to ensure a win. Percival will not get the chance. With words spoken in such determination, Hero slips on the loose-fitting helmet once more and rides to the end of the divider. The first round would now begin! Gripping the lance, Hero charges to meet Percival in the middle of the field. The onlookers were in shock. You could actually hear the wind blow through the open field. Percival was flat on his back, his steed running wildly, for it was not used to seeing its master in such a manner. Well done, hero! The Unbreakable, they say. What a song I shall sing, hero! With the lightness now in the air from winning the first round, Hero and company had not noticed rage steaming off of Personal's armor. He was hot with anger. Mounting his steed for the next round, he now gripped the lance so tight you could hear the handle crack just a bit. Round two! Begin! Once again the two charged with lance leading the way. But Percival would not be made a fool again. He would do as Krog had warned and use unfair tactics. While a hero lined up to take aim for Percival's shoulder, he noticed the opponent's lance slightly rise, realizing this next strike was aimed for his head. Hero's helmet had been hit. He was instantly removed from the mare and now laying still upon the ground. Fortunately, my dear listeners, in the last moment, Hero had leaned back to avoid a fatal strike, barely missing his head while the loose helmet was removed and sent high into the sky. Hero! No! By the gods, are you all right? Uh, I am. Uh, Krog's warning was not in vain. I saw that bastard aim for my head at the last minute. Alas, Percival will have to do better than that. Unfortunately, that was not the only problem. Now, holding a helmet completely broken in his hand. You cannot ride with this helmet, hero. And the rules will not allow you to bring an armor once combat has begun. Then I will ride without one. No, no, hero, you can't. I'll kill you. Frantic chatter. Dust kicked into the air. The sound of the anxious crowd. 
sitting upon the mare at the starting end of the field. The noise filled Hero's ears, like an ocean wave crashing over a body. Must he put his life on the line for coin? A predicament, to say the least. While Griffin Krog tried to persuade the stubborn rider off the mare, Hero's eyes diverted to the end of the divider. Percival had vigorously grabbed his lance from a teammate and began to charge without warning. No. No, move now! The decision was made. Hero has taken off to meet Percival without a helmet. Their distance closing the chances were high that the enraged and embarrassed Percival would aim for his head. Hero knew that. In fact, he counted on it. The heightened sense of our dear hero made him so alert. It felt as if a spell had been cast upon the field, slowing down every movement. There it was, clear as day without his helmet on. The slight adjustment from Percival's grip sent the tip of the lance upward. Loosening his left foot from the stirrup, Hero leans towards the divider. Percival's lance grazes Hero's shoulder, and in that same instant, Hero strikes with all his might. The winner of this year's joust is... The Rider for Ambushaw, Hero of the Crescent Moon! Like a hammer to a nail, Hero had laid Percival flat on his back. It was truly a feat to crack the unbreakable foe. With a win for Ambushaw, Hero and company returned to Malvern for a ninth they would never forget. A tavern filled with joy, song, and soon to be an epic tale for Krog the Bard to share. Ah yes, the chill in the air is right on time. This change of season is quite lovely. Oh, pardon me, my dear listeners. You see... Hero and company had been so preoccupied with their tasks at hand, they had not noticed. The eve of winter was upon them. Hey everyone, this is John Luna, the creator and one of the guardians of the Nova Realm. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe to the podcast, as well as reach out to us on our socials. If you'd like to support us, consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TOTNRpodcast. We are constantly working on our tiers, and with your support, we can grow and continue to shape the Nova Realm. See you next week!